my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys had a great weekend. Uh, A ton to get to today. We have a jam-packed show here today. Um, Coming up here in a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by Eric Schaefer, um, who's the host of the brand new podcast, The Lone Conservative. Um, So that will be a lot of fun. Looking forward to chatting with Eric. Um, Before I get to Eric and all of the news um, of today and over the weekend, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at 1776 United. 1776 United is my favorite uh, conservative apparel company in the country. They are absolutely fantastic. I'm literally wearing one of their shirts right now. Um, it's super soft, super high quality. Um, all their designs are really creative. It's all patriotic stuff, all conservative stuff. Um, they have anything you want, any kind of uh, tank, tee, uh, hoodie, sweatshirt, um, for both men and women, um, all sizes. They have hats. They have all kinds of stuff, not just apparel as well. Um, check them out at 1776united.com. Um, like I said, all their designs are super creative, which I know is kind of rare um, with conservative apparel companies. I know a lot of them are, are, are kind of crappy. Um, these guys are fantastic. Check them out at 1776united.com and use the promo code gimmicks. That is the promo code gimmicks for 15% off of your order. I also want to say hi to our friends over at Premier Vapor. If you smoke and want to quit or if you vape already, you have to check out Premier Vapor. The largest selection of premium e-liquid anywhere in the country um, is really great stuff. Um, All of it's made safely in their lab out in California. All their flavors are delicious, and it is premium. Uh, It is premium e-liquid. Anybody that vapes knows the difference between normal e-liquid and premium. All their stuff is premium. They have any kind of a tank, mod, battery coil, anything you need for your vape setup, they have. Um, if you are in Ohio, you can check them out in person. They have physical stores in Holland and Perrysburg, Ohio. And if you're not, check them out at PremierVaporAndLounge.com. That's PremierVaporAndLounge.com. Uh, free shipping on all orders over 35 bucks. And if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, and if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the NoGimmicksPodcast, um, or you can just download the Patreon app. Um, check us out over there. You can contribute monthly, and there's cool incentives if you choose to do so. Uh, if not, it's all good. Just uh, you know, share it on Facebook, uh, share our stuff on Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, tweet at us. We always tweet back. Um, we're always trying to make this thing bigger and better for you guys. And we, uh, as always, appreciate the support. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with Eric Schaefer. All right, guys, we're here with Eric Schaefer, the host of the brand new show, The Lone Conservative. Uh, Eric, thanks for taking the time, man. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, we got a lot to get to today. We have a ton to get to today. Um, mostly we're going to be we're going to be discussing the latest allegations against uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, before we get to that, uh, you live in Wilmington, um, which was hit pretty hard by Hurricane Florence a couple weeks ago, and you were doing some volunteer work doing a hurricane relief over the weekend. So um, just tell us about that. Uh, how are things looking down there, man? Um, they're starting to look a lot better. When the hurricane first hit, when it was first coming, 
I didn't want to stay in a hotel because <laughs> you know they're gonna jack up the prices. And right. I had like this gut feeling that it was gonna be longer than you know three or four days. So I drove six hours on Monday, like about two weeks ago to Atlanta because that's where my closest family lives. After the hurricane hit, I had the opportunity to either, you know, stay there for an extra three days with my family or drive down to back to Wilmington early um, and, and along the way help a cleanup effort in Laurenburg. And something to note about Laurenburg is Laurenburg got hit really hard as well, and it's a lower-income area. So the, a, lot, a lot of these people weren't able to leave. They weren't able to get help. Um, and we just got food together for them. We got clothes together, together for them. And, and either they came by the church that we were volunteering at or we went out to their houses and gave them supplies. And it was so nice. because I've, I don't know if you've ever canvassed before, but you know when you door knock for candidates, nine times out of ten, the people who answer the door don't want to see you. Right. It, it was so nice. That this time, you know, you're greeting people with boxes of food and water. Like they, they love you. They love to see you. Um, and what was really amazing about this, and it's kind of why I requested to talk about it, because you know, I, I know we're going to get into some really partisan, ugly stuff, like Kavanaugh accusations, what's happening with Rosenstein, which is just breaking. Right, but right. we, I, I did this on behalf of the North Carolina Federation of College Republicans, and I, I we did this in bipartisan cooperation with the North Carolina college Democrats and these people were just, yeah, they were just amazing people. They were, I mean, I I don't want to sound like a sissy, (laughs) but they were legitimately the sweetest people you'll ever meet. We talked about politics a little bit throughout the day. It was very civil. And I actually got a call from the president of the CDNC because he was there afterwards. And he said, you know, he, he appreciated me coming out. He appreciated me working with them and sticking with them. And Laurenburg is his hometown. And he's like, I, I really appreciated that you came to my hometown to help me out. And he, he's like, you know, you have a friend in the CDNC. If you ever need anything, reach out. And that's, it's just, I was never a proponent of all people on the left are fascists, all people on the left are tyrants. They want to ruin the country. But it was very nice to see that there was something that could bring left wing and right wing people together. Uh, and, and it was just a very heartwarming experience to go through to, to, to work with people who are across the political aisle to help others in need. That's awesome, man. I mean, that's, that's super encouraging. And, uh, maybe you should uh, remind the audience of that, uh, before we sign off here in a little bit. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, we have this terrible habit of uh, ending every single podcast on a, a low note. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end. Um, but that's awesome, man. It, it's good to see both sides working together. And um, I think, you know, we always we saw this in, in Houston last year, too, um, just all the different groups of people working together to help rebuild that community. And, you know, it, you know, keeps your faith in humanity strong <laughs> when the news cycle is trying to destroy it, I'd say. No, exactly. And, and, and what it helped to remind me of is that the slimy politicians that you see on TV and the slimy people that are in the mainstream media that try to promote certain narratives. And there's people like that on the right wing too. It right. doesn't represent the broader population of people. These people are still Americans. And even though I fundamentally disagree with their philosophy and I find progressivism is sometimes inherently dangerous, I Absolutely. still understand and I got from them that they think their ideas will help the country. 
country and they do want to help the people of this country and help this country be better. They just have a different idea and a different way to go about it. And like I can say like also that, you know, there, there's this stereotype that everyone on the left and the really radical left wingers just hate America. That's that's not what I saw that day. They were amazing people. And I, I can tell you that from all the other college Democrats I've met, they were representative of the broader group. Right. That's great, man. That That is awesome. That's very encouraging. Um, so before we get to our main topic, which is the Kavanaugh stuff, um, I, we, we have to mention briefly um, the situation with Rod Rosenstein, who's the deputy attorney general. Um, we're just going to talk about it briefly, just a couple minutes, because we don't really know what's going on. This news is breaking right now. Um, uh, the New York Times and others were reporting that uh, Rod Rosenstein had verbally uh, resigned to chief of staff uh, John Kelly. Um, and then other uh, outlets were reporting that Rosenstein was on his way to the White House um, because Trump was going to fire him. Um, turns out none of that stuff is true. Uh, President Trump isn't, isn't even in D.C. Uh, today. He's in uh, he's at the U.N. In, in New York City. So none of that was true. Apparently he spoke on the phone with President Trump, and they're meeting again on Thursday to discuss things. Um, this is obviously due to the report that came out um, due to anonymous leaks over the weekend that Rod Rosenstein had considered wearing a wire uh, and trying to uh, to tape Donald Trump and, and and recruit cabinet members, allegedly, to uh, to try to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove the president from office. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. Obviously, if that's true, um, he, he's going to be fired and should be fired. I, it's all speculation at this point, but just on, on face value, what do you make of this? I mean, it's so complicated. It, it really, really is. I think... And excuse my bad opinion if it's bad, <laughs> but and hey, that's what the show's for, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it, listen, if Rosenstein did say that stuff about the Twenty Fifth Amendment, and I did read that article, and I, I, as much as I am annoyed with Rosenstein sometimes, and as much, you know, as as much of a conflict as there is between Rosenstein and Trump, when I was reading that article, I did. It's just out of character. It seems out of character for, for him. He's always come off as kind of a, regardless of whether you believe, agree with his politics, he's always come off as kind of a coal collected guy. So right. that, that that kind of shocked me. If it's true, he deserves to be fired. But deserve and should are two totally different things. As the midterms come up, it would be a, a disaster to fire Rosenstein just because, and I get it, I get it, the press will report negatively on Trump no matter what he does. But we have seen that overall... The American people are smart enough to know when that reporting is on something that's just a complete nothing burger and when that reporting, at least to some extent, means something. If Trump were to fire Rosenstein, you're giving the media a reason to say, oh, look, this shows even more corruption. Look, now he's going to take over the Mueller investigation. Now he's, or I forget who they're saying would take over the Mueller investigation. If uh, I, I know it, uh, who if, if Rosenstein were fired, but it's, it's basically this, this some guy that they claim – the Solicitor General, I believe, the, is third yeah, yeah, yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah, they, and the odd thing is it usually doesn't work like that. It, and you're right, it's the Solicitor General. I just can't remember his last name. No, um, I, but it I, usually I doesn't I work. I pick him out of a line, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it usually doesn't work like that. Um, it usually is that if the Deputy Attorney General is fired, or you know, whoever's fired, the replacement takes over overseeing the investigation. But, you know, the, the, the person that would take over for Rosenstein, they're claiming, has a conflict of interest because he works – he used to work for a law group that is currently representing Trump in the Russia stuff. It 
would just create too much of a media poop storm to be worth it. And at this point, listen, you know, if it's true, if it's true, and only, you know, people inside the administration at this point know for sure, you can keep an eye on Rosenstein. You don't need, now you know what he kind of has in mind. You can keep an eye on him. You can keep him in check until at the very least the midterms pass. Wait, I mean, it's only about two more months. Just wait for the midterms to do anything that's going to cause a huge media, a valid, or at least something that would be seen as valid, media crap storm. I'd hold off on firing him. I think it would be a mistake to fire him. But knowing Trump and knowing that he, he's kind of spontaneous and he's been, you know, he's been waiting to, for this opportunity for a long time because he does have justification. I don't know whether he's going to hold off or not. I'm hoping he does. But that, that's just my two cents on the whole situation. Yeah, I just think that John Kelly and the White House need to figure out the truth behind that piece. I believe it was leaked to the New York Times. I, I believe I'm correct on that. It was, yeah. And I had the the initial reaction that you did, to be honest. It's like this guy who's a you know lifelong lawyer, and then he's the number two at the DOJ. The, like it, it's very, it would seem pretty wild to me that a deputy attorney general was trying to lead a coup, essentially, to remove no, yeah, a, it sounded a, unhinged. A, yeah, a duly elected president, and especially Rod Rosenstein. Obviously, I don't know the guy, but he doesn't seem like a conniving, you know, power-hungry villain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's because that's pretty, that, that is, that, that would, if that is true, if that New York Times report is true, then... Wow, I, like he should be fired immediately. He should be fired yesterday. He should be escorted with bodyguards out of out of his office. Uh, I mean, I, and also, I mean, I can't. That's not how the Twenty Fifth Amendment works. One, so the fact that a deputy attorney general didn't really understand the Twenty Fifth Amendment would seem pretty preposterous to me. I, I just, I, I my <clears throat> initial reaction was that I, I'm not buying it. I'm just not buying that report. Um, at the very least, it, it seems to me to be extremely exaggerated. But I guess we'll find out. And we, we can move on from that because there's really nothing more to talk about. We don't really know um, what's even happening. I guess he's not going to meet with the president until Thursday. So, you know, I guess I guess we'll see what happens. It, it, my, the only just funny thing about the, re- the reporting from today is that the press is just reporting whatever they want. <laughs> I mean, obviously, none of these outlets had any kind of proof as to what was happening. It was all hearsay. It was all just rumors. You know, he resigned. Yeah. No, he was fired. No, this and that. Well, Trump's not even in the White House. So, like, none of it was true. They just had a conversation on the phone. So it's just, like, these guys just said, fuck it. Like, these these guys in the press just said, fuck it, and started reporting rumors, just <clears throat> w- w- without any proof, just reporting whatever they wanted, which is just, I don't know, they should all be ashamed of themselves. But we, there's a lot of other people that should be ashamed of themselves as well. Let's move on to that. Um, the latest well, yeah, really, on... really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, really go quick ahead. Before we move on. I'm yeah, sorry to interrupt. It's just, no, no problem. Um, and I'm not a defender of the narrative that the press promulgates, but I will say that the, usually what the press promotes, like not, not promotes, I'm sorry, usually the news that is reported on by the press, stuff like the New York Times, the Washington Post, usually they're correct. And there's sometimes errors in their reporting, but they, they, they do say that there was an error. Um, and the main issue with the press isn't the information, the validity of the information they report, usually. The more the issue is what they decide to report. For right. example, they, they'll sometimes report some non-scandal over a legitimate left-wing scandal. Right. Or they'll promote, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll report on two scandals, but they'll basically maybe write one little story on one, and then they'll write 20 on the other one. When it doesn't necessarily deserve 20 and the other one doesn't necessarily deserve one. So it's all, 
all on how they were. It's all on kind of the narrative they try to promote in the news that they push. But the news and the facts in it itself usually are correct. And I can understand some mix-ups, especially since this this is literally just breaking. It's kind of hectic. Um, but what I saw in the New York Times New York Times article uh, before you know we came on today was that they did correct themselves. And Yashar on Twitter also you know seemed to be keeping up with all of these rumors and issued correct corrections accordingly. So I don't know. I think they did. I think it's fine. I don't think it's necessarily a problem that they were publishing this stuff, these rumors, as long as they issued corrections. It's just very hectic and confusing. The uh, The main issue with the press is that they report some things over others when those other things could be just as, if not more important. Right. It's, it's, you're typically, you're right that it's, it's more so what they choose not to report as opposed to what they choose to report. Um, like for instance, with the Brett Kavanaugh stuff, it, it, I guess it kind of contradicts your point a little bit because <laughs> these are pretty uh, baseless allegations at this point, but they've reported on, the mainstream media has reported on the allegations against Brett Kavanaugh 120 times more than the very credible um, allegations against uh, Keith Ellison, the congressman from Minnesota, uh, which are actually backed up by uh, witnesses and police reports. I mean, extremely credible and that's a allegations. That's a disgrace. Yeah, 120 times less media coverage than Brett Kavanaugh. So let's talk about Brett Kavanaugh, obviously the the uh, SCOTUS pick. Um, the Democrats have been actively trying to dig up more accusers to attack Brett Kavanaugh. That's the real reason why they've been delaying this process. Um, they're not even hiding it or lying about it anymore, I suppose, to their credit. Um, so they found this woman, Deborah uh, Ramirez, who allegedly knew Brett Kavanaugh in college. And the allegation is that in college at Yale, Brett Kavanaugh, and I'm not making this up, ladies and gentlemen, the allegation is that Brett Kavanaugh whipped his dick out at a party and hit her in the face with it. <laughs> so that's that's actually the allegation. Like I said, not making this up. Um, <clears throat> she, like Christine Ford, um, the original accuser, is providing absolutely no witnesses, uh, no evidence. Um, there's no way to corroborate this. There's... there's Nothing backing these allegations up. Uh, it seems very baseless to me. But the Democrats are hell-bent on, on digging this stuff up. Facts be damned. Uh, evidence be damned. Um, Kavanaugh was, is set to uh, testify on Thursday. He says he wants to clear his name. It was supposed to be last Thursday, and then it was supposed to be Monday, and then it was supposed to be Wednesday. And now, supposedly, it's going to be Thursday. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air whether or not Christine Ford um, or this other woman, uh, Deborah Ramirez, will be there to testify. Um, what What do you make of the the new set of allegations? <clears throat> do you kind of agree with me that look when this when all this news started breaking a couple weeks ago, I said, okay, we have to hear this this woman out. You know, we have to take a look at all the evidence. There's no evidence. I I, I just I cannot bring myself to 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 take any stance other than the fact that this is a political hit job. This is complete hackery on the part of the Democrats. I've seen nothing that would lead me to believe that um, that uh, Christine Ford or Deborah Ramirez are these allegations are in any way credible. So here's the thing. I think that uh, I guess I'll start with Christine Ford. I do. I, I stated this on the podcast, the new episode of the Lone Conservative Podcast, which I should be out by the time this is released. Maybe it won't, but I do think. Ford, especially after the people I've talked to, I think Ford, I don't think she's credible, but I think she's genuine. I think something happened to her at some point. And listen, I, 
I don't think it was Kavanaugh. I don't think Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her. It's It's been 38 years. And to the best of my knowledge, from reports that have been issued, she was also drunk at the party. So drunk memories of a party, you know, a week, especially when a traumatic event has happened and the memory tries to block stuff out. Drunk memories of a party a week later aren't extremely reliable, let alone 38 years later. And after 38 years, especially when there's certain gaps in your memory, you may start to fill in the blanks with things that may not be true um, or that, that may not be accurate, I should say. And th this is the thing. Ford may very well be telling the truth. I think she's sincere, but I think there's there's a strong possibility that her memory is is because he, the human memory is notoriously unre unreliable in, in a lot of cases. Right. I think there, her memory may be filling things in with information that doesn't happen, which happens a lot with people. I think she may be being gaslit <clears throat> by people around her, by politicians around her trying to use her experience for political gain. And listen, regardless of whether these allegations are true, I, I, have, I have genuine sympathy for Ford because I do think something happened. And I, I feel bad that she is being used and being exposed to this kind of negative coverage because some Democrats wanted a political hit. Now, again, could be telling the truth, but there's no evidence. The woman can't remember where it happened, whose house it was at, the address of the house. She can't remember even when it was. She just knows it was broadly in 1982. Right. And apparently uh, Brett Kavanaugh has calendars from, from – I think she said the summer of 1982 maybe. Right. But Brett Kavanaugh basically has calendars from 1982 that show that he was pretty much gone for the entirety of the kind of broad scope that she put him at that party. Right. And beyond all that's, that, every all that's witness, verifiable. That, that is all verifiable as well. No, it is. And, and beyond that, every single witness she has named has said – that they do not recall a party ever taking place, and they don't recall being there with Brett Kavanaugh. For example, uh, Patrick J. Smith just basically denied that there was ever a party. But the real, the real kicker, and the reason why I think it, it's 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 credible that these accusations aren't credible, is you see something from Leland Ingham Kaiser. So for those of you who don't know, Leland Ingham Kaiser was like the fourth witness that Ford named, and she's actually a longtime friend of Ford's. Right. And she not only said that she didn't remember, you know, being at a party or with with Ford. She didn't remember ta Ford ever talking about it. She didn't remember ever being in the same room at a party with Kavanaugh. She said that she genuinely this is she said that she believes that Ford is being honest about her allegations. But that doesn't really matter because you can't vouch for the allegations that are being made. No one can vouch for it. And when I hear people saying that they want the FBI to inv to investigate, I mean, listen. And if there were any solid leads to go off of, I'd, I'd want local authorities and state authorities to investigate. Maybe the FBI, if it ha if it was in relation to you know Kavanaugh's background check, but the Cav the FBI has no jurisdiction here from a purely legal perspective. This is local and state authorities. Right. There's no leads to go off of. The allegations themselves, I, I think Michael Knowles has said this the best. Like he said, I think they're sincere. I just don't think they're credible. And the reason why I think they're sincere is. <clears throat> She went to a therapist – or in couples therapy, she mentioned it in 2012. She not only went to couples therapy to mention it. She went to an individual therapist and talked about a, a rape attempt. Something likely happened, and people around her, either intentionally or unintentionally, possibly you know, with the gaps in her memory that may or may not exist – because I, this is all speculation, but put the idea in her head that it was Kavanaugh or that, that – you know what I mean? That it was someone prominent. So I, I just – 
I think at the very, I don't know. At the, at the very least, you're correct that uh, these are not credible allegations, but she is being sincere. It, uh, some kind of sexual assault did happen to her at some point, roughly around 1982. That That is believable. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, the other side of the coin for me is that you're, you're giving this woman too much credit, and she is just making it up um, to attack the Republicans and to attack Brett Kavanaugh. I think, honestly, that's looking more and more, I don't know about likely, but that's looking more and more like a possibility as well. I mean, no, nothing that she stated in, in her story has, has lined up. And you, you mentioned the therapist. You know, she told her therapist that there were four young boys in the room that, that were trying to sexually assault her. And, and then she changed her story and said it was two, said it was Kavanaugh and, and, and Judge. And then she said that her therapist made a mistake in writing down that it was four boys. Therapists don't make that mistake, one. I mean, that, that's... No, they don't. Tr- they, they do not, trust me, therapists would not make that mistake. If, if she said, if a therapist wrote down that there were four boys sexually assaulting her, that's what she told the therapist. Uh, they Trust me, you don't, you don't make therapist money to write down the wrong number in your notebook. That's absolutely ridiculous. It just, no, no, I agree. Even if she is being sincere, there's nothing credible about these allegations. And again, agree. Yeah. If you're if you're right that she is being sincere, then I feel bad for her because the Democrats are ruining her life as well, not just Brett Kavanaugh's. Um, no, and that's that's what I think is happening. I think they're likely gaslighting her to use her experience as a political club. And listen, it's to- again, it's totally possible because I have no evidence for my claims. But I, you know, it's just my gut feeling or or my perception based on what I know about the human memory. Um, and and based on listen, this wasn't. Uh, uh, something six years and seven years in the making. She genuinely talked to a therapist about this stuff. Her story doesn't line up. She genuinely talked to a therapist about this stuff way before Kavanaugh was even being considered for the Supreme Court. So something happened. This wasn't just, this isn't some complex six, six, seven year hit job. I think her experiences are possibly being either. Maybe she's again, this, I don't think this is it, but maybe she's totally making everything up. Maybe she's using her sexual assault experience to go after Kavanaugh because they lived in close vicinity to each other. Or maybe it's more likely that those around her kind of with her gaps in memory that possibly happened convinced her that someone as big and famous as Kavanaugh, who she's going to, you know, who she knows is a prominent judge. And especially in the past few weeks who she's been seeing on TV over and over and over again. And she knows, you know, he lived near her, started to fill some unnecessary gaps in her head. Maybe the politicians are gaslighting her, which like making her question her reality, making her her kind of think something happened between her and Kavanaugh specifically that didn't. I genuinely think she's being sincere. I feel I feel bad, bad for her, and I could be totally wrong about that. I accept that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's you, just my perception of the situation right now. You might be right. You might be right. She's also working <clears throat> hand in hand with Democratic operatives, um, not just the politicians, but Democratic operatives that have been around the Democratic Party for a long time who are coaching her through this. Um, she's also donated thousands of dollars to Democrats and to the Bernie Sanders campaign. She's a hardcore leftist um, who really hates Republicans. Um, so I don't know. Like maybe she, uh, maybe an event did happen to her in 1982. Maybe she knows it wasn't Brett Kavanaugh, but she's using this as an opportunity to attack Republicans anyway. I, I don't know. I think any of those things are possible. Look, the GOP. Look. Even, especially, I mean, I, I forgot to even mention we kind of breezed past the the first or the the newest set of allegations. Oh yeah, I was going to get which to are that, even, but the, these allegations are even less credible. I mean, these are if, the, if no, Christine Ford's yeah. allegations aren't credible, then these are just an absolute joke. 
No, and and you know what? I, I that's what I was about to say. Listen, at least with Christine Ford, from what she's stated thus far, she is sure it was Kavanaugh. This Ramirez isn't even sure it was Kavanaugh. She said she literally said she did not see him be the one to expose himself. She said she saw and she he didn't. The allegation isn't that. <laughs> That he slapped it in her face. It's that he exposed himself in front of her, and she pushed the person away and, then, and touched it in the okay. process. Okay, maybe I. Can um, and then she bit. said everyone was laughing, <laughs> and that she looked up and she saw Kavanaugh making a motion. She didn't even see. She didn't see that he was the one to expose himself to her, and she's even expressed uncertainty that it was him. And she, she said the only thing that she really had to go on was that he made a slight motion with his hips that you make when you're pulling up your pants <laughs> that's not that's not evident and listen every single person every single person by the way the i New hate York by the way out to. just a side note i fucking hate that we're talking about this right now on the podcast talking about kavanaugh's dick <laughs> talking about his dick <laughs> i mean who hasn't whipped their dick out at a party for the love of god i'd be in jail never mind anyway no, like I, I can't wait for this news cycle to change, man, because we're talking about a man's dick at a college party. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. It seems just, like the news cycle is really, revolved around men's dicks lately. I, I just had one of those moments that I'm like, what the hell am I doing with my life talking about this right now? But anyway, all right, go ahead. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, man. <laughs> all right, I lost Eric for a second there. Our Skype connection went bad right when we were talking about uh, Brett Kavanaugh's dick. Um, but anyway, uh, <laughs> speaking of, Eric, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> Uh, as I said before, I was so rudely interrupted by our bad connection. Uh, it seems as if the news cycle lately has revolved around men's genitals. Um, right. if, if you look at the uh, Stormy Daniels comments recently about Trump's penis and now Brett Kavanaugh's penis. Listen, I don't want to make a joke of these allegations, you know, because even if they're not credible, you know, you don't want to make fun of them when they're still fresh and they're still serious. But it, it's just. Every single witness the New Yorker has reached out to, every single person who was named to have been at the party, either the people who, who she said were involved or who were there, they said that it, it didn't happen. They either said that obviously the people who were accused are going to deny it. You know, that's that's a no-brainer. But you know I think, six you know witnesses. Think this is end? You know how I think this is going to end? The Democrats are going to request that Brett Kavanaugh goes on the floor of the Senate and whips it out. <laughs> Just so this woman, <laughs> just to verify, man, me in trouble, who's, man, whose dick was it? I mean, if you got to show that, you know, whip it out, man. If, if it wasn't your dick, prove it. Only one way to prove that. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. What, what is, but, what, what is the world coming to, man? I don't know. Uh. I, I mean, listen, six witnesses came forward. The ones that, that were named to have been there. Because the Post even says, and this is something that the media does that I hate. I hate it. And, and the people who wrote this article, by the way, overall, were rather credible. They were the people who broke the story about Harvey Weinstein. They were right. the people who broke a lot of the sexual assault stories over the past over the past year with Me Too. Right, is Ronan Farrow? Ronan Farrow. Yes, and just for some reason, also let's state that this story was revolving around NBC, the Washington Post, and the New York Times. None of those outlets decided to pick the story up. Now, Ramirez claims that it's only because she was willing to talk to the New York Post, or the New Yorker, I'm sorry. But the New York Times literally stated in one of their articles on the situation that she was talking to the New York Times and that she couldn't 
couldn't corroborate her information. So that's a lie, number one. Number two, six witnesses who she uh, apparently named came forward and stated, I'm sorry, I'm going to read this whole, whole thing because it's important. They yeah. said, quote, we were the people closest to Brett Kavanaugh during his first year at Yale. He was a roommate to some of us, and we spent a great deal of time with him, including the dorm where this incident allegedly took place. Some of us were also friends with Debbie Ramirez during and after her time at Yale. We can say with confidence that if the incident Debbie alleges ever occurred, we would have seen or, or heard about it, and we did not. The behavior she describes would be completely out of character for Brett. In addition, some of us knew Debbie long after Yale, and she never described this incident until Brett's Supreme Court nomination was pending. Editors from The New Yorker contacted some of us because we are the people who would know the truth, and we told them that we never saw or heard about this. So I'm sorry, they weren't witnesses at the party, but there were people who intimately knew both Kavanaugh and Ramirez. There are people who would have not only, you know, possibly seen the event, but people who would have heard about it. And they vouched for Kavanaugh's character and said this likely didn't happen. The only person, I'm sorry, I'm getting heated because the story was trash. The only person the New Yorker was able to get to confirm the story. And listen, they still said, even after this person said that it was likely true, that it was uncorroborated, because they only got one person, one student to say that it 100 percent happened. Now, this former student said it probably 100% happened, but guess what? Number one, he's remained anonymous. So there's no way to follow up with questions to him. Number two, he wasn't even there. He heard it from someone who allegedly was there. So it's a third person account. It's not even like he was there. So th this is this is trash reporting. They're, they have no corroboration. And you know how they tried to cover up for it too? How they tried to cover up for it was later on in the story. They, they th And this is what the media it does sometimes. Since they couldn't get corroboration, they said, well, you know, a lot of students said, even though a lot of students couldn't corroborate Ramirez's claims, they said that she has integrity and that she's likely being honest. That doesn't matter. If you can't corroborate her claims, okay, good. She usually has integrity. But if you can't corroborate her claims, you don't matter. You no. just don't. Nope. Then they continue. They even continue to say that, and you know, according to some students, this was just a part of the alcohol-driven culture at Yale. Something like oh that. Okay, gosh. it doesn't it, – that's not – they're trying to use this situational – not even evidence, just these situational occurrences. And these people who say, oh, well, we think she's telling the truth. We just can't corroborate it to give their story more weight. It's absolute BS. And while I'm, I'm honestly, I, I, as I've said, and people may get mad at me for this, I'm willing to listen to Ford. I'm glad she's testifying on Thursday. I think something genuinely happened, possibly involved Brett Kavanaugh. I want to hear about it. I've taken it seriously. And I think Kavanaugh should have the full opportunity to defend himself. But this newest allegation, unless something new comes forward, and I'll be totally willing to admit I was wrong and apologize. But unless something new comes forward, this seems as if it's just a total smear. And it's something that was pounced on by the New Yorker, not just because they're trying to smear Kavanaugh, but because they wanted clicks, because they weren't interested in really reporting. They wanted the next hot take. They wanted the next big Harvey Weinstein story. They wanted that big ton chunk of clicks that makes you so much money. It's absolutely despicable. This story has no legs as of right now and probably won't ever. It won't. It, it, it won't. It's just totally dishonest record, reporting. It, it absolutely is. And even like the, the, the talking heads on cable news and in the mainstream media, they're not even really backing up these baseless allegations. They're basically just saying, well, Brett Kavanaugh's a man and men are bad. So whether or not he did it, he's a man. So he could have done it. So he's bad. So he shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. Like, that's the, like, that's the talking point. <clears throat> and look, if the GOP does not confirm Brett Kavanaugh, it's over. 
Okay, it is. It's over. We and I, I'm not. I'm usually not an alarmist at all, man. I'm not like a, a doomsday guy. Look, but I, I'll, I'll back this up in a second. But let me just say this: if the GOP does not confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court, we lose the country. We lose the country. I'm, I'm not saying we lose the country to the Democrats. I'm not saying the Democrats win. I'm saying we all lose. America loses because it completely destroys American politics as we know it. I mean, as broken as we think American politics are right now, it's all over if the GOP does not confirm Kavanaugh. If the Democrats can successfully get whatever they want by lying and using the media to beat Republicans into submission and using baseless allegations to destroy whoever they want, if we let them get away with this, it's over. It is over, man. Look, you don't negotiate with terrorists, okay? If a child screams and yells and throws a fit in public, you punish them. You don't give them what they want. If the Democrats are behaving like children, the GOP must treat them like children, put them in their damn place, and put this person on the Supreme Court, period. Like, I'm, I'm tired of this. The vote was supposed to happen last Thursday, and then it was supposed to happen today, and then Wednesday. Now, allegedly, it's supposed to happen after the testimonies on Thursday, they have to stop pushing this back. Chuck Grassley needs to grow a pair. Mitch McConnell, cocaine Mitch, finish the job, <laughs> seal the deal, confirm Kavanaugh. If not, honestly, dude, it's over. Like we're the the GOP will be destroyed. I mean, look and just past the Republican Party, facts facts be damned, right? Presumption of innocence be damned. The Democrats are going to start using slander. At every turn. I mean, they, this is how they're going to handle everyone going forward. If they get their way, every man, every male who's up for a judicial post is going to be attacked like this. Any any Republican man running for office from dog catcher on up to president will be slandered with baseless allegations. The Democrats cannot learn that they can get away with whatever they want. This is a dangerous, <clears throat> slippery slope. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. And like I said, sorry if my voice is sounding a little hoarse. Oh, Just got good. over a throat thing. <laughs> but here's here's the main issue. I don't think we've lost the country. I don't think the GOP will be totally destroyed. I do think we'll lose, you know, a Supreme Court nominee unless Trump can win a second term. And because there, the, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But from everything I've read and all the polls I've looked at, the blue wave is coming at the very least in the House. Maybe not in the Senate yet. We'll see. But. The fact of the matter is I'm willing to – again, I'm willing to hear victims out. I'm willing to hear alleged victims out. I'm glad that Ford is coming to speak on Thursday. I think we should when, – when you're – because the Supreme Court, it's not just an extremely crucial position, uh, position for our constitutional republic. It is, one of, it is the most prestigious position you can have in American politics. And with that, not only should – I mean your judicial philosophy can vary. Obviously, but you should be a person of good character. So I'm willing to hear out Ford, but I, as I said, I'm because ex- I, I think she should get her shot. But as I said, I'm heavily, heavily, heavily leaning toward not believing that it, it was Kavanaugh. But I'm still willing to hear her out. The main issue is, it's always been in the court of public opinion that you are guilty until proven innocent. That's not something that's changed. It's annoying. It's despicable, it's gross, but it's not something that's changed. What the main concern is, is usually when it's just a single allegation, because I'm not, listen, unless, again, I will apologize, but unless some new evidence comes forward for this Ramirez stuff, I'm not buying it. I will say that flat out. I'm not buying it. 
Um, but listen, if you can destroy, and otherwise it seems like good man's reputation, if you can destroy someone who literally almost every single person, there, there was one other woman who, who apparently said that some professors said to her, people who don't even know Kavanaugh, people who never even met Kavanaugh said Kavanaugh liked his female interns to have a certain look. Again, that's not even credible. And that that's, you can tell that it's not credible because it's pretty much been ignored by the media. But if you can have someone that has served this country his pretty much entire life as, as a civil servant, or not as a civil servant, but as a judge, if you, I guess that would be a civil servant. <laughs> right. If you uh, can, can take a man who no one has anything but praise for, who people before the Ford allegations, except for Democratic senators, left and right, were praising as a good, honest judge, someone who cares about the rule of law. Not If you can't even just put a stain on his reputation with a rape allegation that's unsubstantiated and, and as of now not credible, because I understand a stain, that's always going to be the court of public opinion. But if you can totally destroy him, if you can totally destroy anyone, Based on a mere allegation with no evidence and no more details, listen, Ford gave a descriptive account, but that's it. She doesn't have any evidence to prove it happened. She doesn't have anyone to corroborate it. She doesn't have any house anyone can go to. She doesn't have any address anyone can go to. If you can ruin someone's reputation with a mere allegation and no evidence, that isn't the end of the country, but that is a disturbing, disturbing stab to the culture. It's I and don't it's know, a man. Stir- I, disturbing stab to political life. I, I totally agree. I but I think <clears throat> it's it's maybe even more dangerous than you're giving it credit for. The fact that this precedent could be set, you know, the precedent that the Democrats want set is that Democrats <laughs> can get a, get away with whatever they want. Look at Keith Ellison, the the deputy chair of the DNC, a sitting congressman who's about to win a landslide election to become the attorney general of Minnesota. Okay. He's credibly accused, backed up by witnesses and police reports, that he beat the holy hell out of his ex-girlfriend. Okay, and, and nothing. And he's about to win in a landslide election statewide in, exactly. in Minnesota. <clears throat> the, the, the precedent that the Democrats want to set is that Democrats can do whatever they want, but any time a Republican is running for office, any time a Republican is up for a judicial post, they can be ruined for absolutely no reason. That is... Well, uh, look, we're looking at yeah. catastrophic fallout from that i mean it could, it could and like you they're, they're gonna keep doing this man whether they succeed yeah. with kavanaugh or not and i hope to god mitch mcconnell and chuck grassley just punch kavanaugh through just get him on the bench get this over with move on because they have to they have to put up or shut up but let's say the democrats do succeed in in destroying kavanaugh they've already destroyed his his reputation forever you know, I mean, even look at Clarence Thomas. I mean, his nev- his reputation never really recovered, at least with Democrats, right? Oh, look, but he was never going to be popular with Democrats anyway. Here, here's the thing. <clears throat> it's That's always been, I mean, I know no one likes to admit it, no one likes to hear it, but that's always been, sadly, the precedent, that Republicans and conservatives are held to a higher standard. Yeah, but this and time, this, some, hold on, hold on this, a second, this time we'd be making it official. Like, it would no, be the I know. official stated precedent, Democrats... Have free reign to do whatever they want. Beat women whenever you want. In Republicans, is if you have a dick, going back to, <laughs> going back to that, if you have a penis, you basically can't get elected and can't be on the Supreme Court. Like that will be the president set by the Democrats if they take down Kavanaugh. I know that sounds alarmist. That sounds a little bit ridiculous. But think about it, man. They will do this to any conservative male running for anything. 
They will do it. If they get away with it this time, it will never stop. Well, and, and, and I, was, I, was, I was just about to say, usually this has always been the precedent, but usually when Democrats try something this extreme, it fails. It, fa- it failed with Clarence Thomas. His reputation never truly fully recovered amongst most of the, uh, some of the American populace, but they tried and they failed. They've tried it several times with several, uh, with several people and it's failed. Not just with sexual assault, but with unfounded allegations. <clears throat> but if if it succeeds this time, I do agree. It sets a very like I said, I, if I was under exaggerating, I'm sorry. It it sets a like I said, it's a danger. I don't think it's destroying. I don't think it destroys America or destroys the GOP. I think that's too far. But I think it's it's a significant stab. Like I said, a stab is deadly. It's a significant stab to the culture. It's a significant stab to political civility. And listen. Harry Reid proved this. The GOP yeah. is capable of using the Democrats' own rules against them. They've been doing it legislat- legislatively with, with voting for judges. I don't think the Democrats realize that the precedent they're about to set could very well be turned on them. The instant, the instant the right takes over the culture again, and it would be just as wrong if they did it. But I don't. It, it's it's wrong. The Democrats are doing it now. It would be wrong if the right did it in the future. But I don't think they understand how quickly this could be turned on them. Right. So both, it's, both it's, sides are, are extremely short-sighted. Uh, when it no, comes exactly. To so it's a stab the to the long-term of, culture. Right. Right. No, you're absolutely right about that. And what, one more one more point on on the Kavanaugh stuff before I let you go is that electorally, I, I I believe you're right that there is a blue wave coming. I think Republicans will lose the House. I don't think they'll lose the Senate. There's enough uh, there's enough statewide polls right now that it's looking like North Dakota could go red. Uh, Missouri is more than likely going to go red. Uh, Rick Scott is up big in Florida over Bill Nelson. So even if Republicans lose a couple seats, they'll probably pick up three or four and should be okay in the Senate. As of now, obviously, it's still, I mean, it's you know less than two months away, but that's an eternity in the world of politics. So anything can happen. But look, if the GOP doesn't confirm Kavanaugh, they are going to get wiped out. They won't just lose 30 seats in the House. They'll lose 60. They won't just lose a seat or two in the Senate. They'll lose 10. Honestly, if, if they do not confirm Kavanaugh, they will get absolutely shellacked in November because Republicans are just say, screw you guys. Why the hell are we voting for you? Am I, am I right or wrong? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Because I, I think that some people have made the decent point. Sorry, getting harder to talk. That's <laughs> all good. I'll let you go some here in a minute. <laughs> some people have made the decent point that if if Kavanaugh ends up not being confirmed, then it's Barrett. If Barrett comes along, we'll see. Because if Kavanaugh doesn't get confirmed, I think the GOP, they've done this before, and they've done it tactfully. And I think people are tired of it, but it still kind of works. They'll be able to say, well, we need you to vote for us in the Senate. Because we need to confirm a solid Supreme Court justice like Amy Cohen Barrett. I think something like that could possibly happen. We'll see. I think it could go either way. I don't think I don't think it'll have that catastrophic of a short-term effect, but I think it will contribute to the overall political apathy that GOP voters have begun to felt. And it's one of the reasons for Donald Trump's rise. I was talking to the College Democrats about this yesterday. When you have voters who are apathetic, there's two things, or when you have a populace. This is politically apathetic. There's two things that happen. Either that populace doesn't vote, they don't care, and as a result of them not caring and not paying attention to government, they, you know, the, the government builds up, gets stronger, 
becomes more overarching. Or on the reverse, and this can still lead to overarching government, but on the reverse, you have a ton of pissed off people. And those pissed off people feel as if their vote doesn't matter. And they feel as if the guy who comes along, who's willing to punch the hardest, who says that they matter, who says he'll work for the little guy, no matter how connected or disconnected he may really be, if he, he says that he's if he's brash, if he says that he's going to hit the, the politicians who make their vote not matter where it hurts, if he says that he's going to, I don't know, clean up the government, drain the swamp, that gets those apathetic voters who are angry um, willing to vote for the guy who is is most willing to punch on their behalf. So we'll see. I mean, it, it could lead to a greater apathy where GOP voters just don't care anymore. Or it could lead to an angrier GOP, which I, we'll see. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure what the short, short-term effects would be. Right. I just don't know. Obviously, Mitch McConnell's gamble in 2016 <clears throat> um, to, uh, to, to get rid of Merrick Garland, not give him a hearing, not, not give him a vote, and, and force Republicans to go to the polls, uh, you know, saying, hey, if, if you don't elect Republicans, if you don't elect a Republican president, we're never going to get anybody on the bench. That was a Hail Mary. It was a huge gamble. It took huge balls. Yeah, you got to give him credit. I mean, that was that was that was a serious show of cojones by Cocaine Mitch. I would mm-hmm. not count on that working a second time. <laughs> that would be no. man, look like we've we've seen it, man. Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, Tom Brady. Sometimes they'll throw that seventy-yard hail mary touchdown pass to win the game with no time in the fourth quarter. But more often than not, that does not work. So I, I really I would not count. I, I, oof. I, I would not count on that working a second time. But no, right, man, no. you, I, I already kept you longer than I than I said I was going to, and you're losing <laughs> your voice. So I'll let you go, man. But uh, where can everybody find you online? And more importantly, where can everybody check out your new show? So you can follow me on Twitter at Real Eric Schaefer. If you want to hear announcements about the show or you're interested in hearing more from me, I swear I don't usually sound this horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Follow at Lone Cons- or Low Conservative, L-O Conservative on Twitter, or to hear announcements about my podcast at Loco, L-O-C-O underscore pod. All right, and everybody follow Eric. He's great. Everybody check out the new show. It's really good. Um, I believe there's another episode coming out today. Um, if I'm Yep, correct. on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, uh, new episodes come out every Monday. All right, and we'll definitely have Eric back on soon. This was fun. And, uh, yeah, and all you guys listening, if you ever want to be a judge someday, just remember when you're at a party, uh, keep it in your pants. You know, this seems like <laughs> sound advice. Um, I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. Um.